the Wild Feathers. So happy to have you join us today. I just adore this guest that we have on. Uh, her name is Christy Mitchell, and she is a marketing consultant, and she uh, specializes in working with um, startup founders and small business owners. So I thought it would be a treat for her to give us some advice and tips and tools for the founders out there that are uh, getting ready to um, launch marketing efforts or maybe in the midst and need some ideas or some help navigating because marketing's so big. But she is a doll and she's fantastic. She has great energy and she has lots of great tips and resources and services. So I'm super excited for her to share. Um, without further ado, here we go. Joining us today, Christy, super excited you're here and uh, can't wait to dive into marketing for founders. So happy to have you here. Happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yay. So now how we're going to start off with how did you become a, become a business owner and dive into uh, the Christy Mitchell marketing consulting world? And then how did you come about focusing on um, startups or founders and that kind of thing? Yeah. So the short version is I spent <laughs> uh, 10 years in higher ed slash corporate space um, and just really realized it wasn't for me anymore. My son was in preschool at the time. I really wanted to be able to be there for him and not feel like, you know, I needed to make up time at the office kind of thing. And so... um you know, as as many of us solo business owners have, you know, there's corporate scars and stories to tell. But I push came to shove, and I just had to admit that it wasn't it wasn't where I saw my future. And so I left um, and started my own business full time. And it's changed and evolved a lot in that time. It's been it'll be five years in February. And when I first started, I was kind of doing all of the things, whatever people needed digital marketing wise, because that's my background. So writing social media posts, creating emails, editing websites, blogs, strategy, execution, all of it. Um, I got a year under my belt before the pandemic hit. And then it took about six months for me to feel the effects of it. So my clients started not renewing their contracts because everything was so uncertain. And it gave me the opportunity to sit back and really look at the work that I was doing and realized that it wasn't exciting to me. Um, so as much as I love marketing, I just really didn't like the execution piece. It wasn't, it just wasn't lighting me up. It's something I can do. I'm very detail oriented, but it's not something that I feel like challenges me enough. And so I decided to rebrand my own company um, to Christy Mitchell Consulting, got away from kind of the agency field that I had before. And in that first year and a half of business, I was immersed in this whole new world, right, of founders and startups and, and people running their own businesses. And what I realized was there's so many business owners who are really passionate about the clients they serve and the work that they do, but marketing gets in the way. It's like, 
really confusing and overwhelming and frustrating and they don't know where to start. And a lot of times they waste a lot of money on things that don't give them the results that they want. And it was kind of just a big aha moment for me. Like, wait a minute, I can stay on the consulting side in my zone of genius, like analyzing, giving recommendations, um, and really provide a great service to these business owners who, who don't know what to do. It's so true. So whenever I, um, I, I have a recruiting firm and whenever I go to recruit, I, I always think of marketing as it's a big, uh, it's a big field. Like there's so much that's encompassing. You can't just say I'm a marketing person because that is like, yes. that's <laughs> too broad. I mean, everybody, yes. and I find that everyone has their specialty, right? Like they yes. tend to zone in on one particular component of the marketing world. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a lot to unravel. And if you don't have a marketing background, I think we were talking about this yesterday as a founder, whew, it you got to cut through all the noise to figure out. I mean, you can go down a social media marketing uh, rabbit hole real fast and get lost. Yes. (laughs) Right. It's a lot. Well, and that was part of the interesting process for me when I did go through my own kind of pivot in my business and rebrand was I always felt like my background as a marketing generalist was actually a bad thing because so many people in the marketing world are highly specialized in email marketing or building websites or graphic design or copywriting or whatever it is. And I just never had that experience. That wasn't the work experience that I had. And so I always kind of felt like, geez, I don't know where I fit in this marketing world. And through the process of hiring someone to help me with my own brand, as I wanted to pivot my business, what I realized was that was actually my superpower because I have this ability to kind of assess all of the pieces that somebody might be doing and figure out how do they fit together or how can they fit together better so that you're working smarter, not harder, so that you're leveraging content and and driving it through all of the channels instead of just like, oh, I have this blog and it's just kind of out there not doing anything. Um, And so that was that was really an eye open experience for me. And I I do find a lot that I have to explain to people like, what is it that a marketing strategist or marketing consultant does? Because Marketing is huge, and there's a lot that falls underneath that umbrella. Right, right. Well, and I also think there are a lot of people that have, like, even within email marketing, I learned, uh, well, I've learned over the years, but recently I really learned is that if you don't know what you're looking for or the right questions, if you don't know exactly what you need and you don't know what to ask, you can hire the wrong person with great skills, but just the wrong skill set that you need if you don't ask the right questions. Like there's so many components just within the fields of marketing that, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like what you do is amazing because instead of someone thinking that they need, like originally I thought I needed an email marketing person, but then for example, I'm just using myself as an example, but it was way too early to bring her in. So I ended up losing her and I had to wait like three or four months to bring her in. I didn't need that right then, but I didn't yeah. know that. I was just like getting ever, getting the whole crew together, right? Yeah. Like I didn't yeah. know. Um, yeah. So it- someone like yourself would be fantastic because then you could say, this is what you need now. This is the overall strategy because I think it's just strategy alone, like trying to figure out okay, which avenue is going to be best for this product or service and what's the best execution? I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's funny because I had a similar experience just recently with a client of mine. I did her whole marketing strategy and plan. We did all this content strategy work together. And now she's in my group implementation support program. And it came up. She's like, I need to hire. I think she, I think she said, like, I need to hire like a, a technical VA. And like digging into that, like in our office hour session, I was like, well, what what is it that you want this person to do? And she, what it came down to was she wanted someone to create like a drip email sequence for her. And so it was like, she was focused on the technical aspect because she writes her own content. She wasn't like, oh, I need someone to write the content for the email. She was like, I need someone to like do the technical piece of it. But like, there's a lot in there, right? So if she if she went out to other places and was like, I need a technical VA, like could, she could get connected with a whole bunch of people who like really aren't going to be great at what she's doing, right? Because right? there's, right. there's even a strategy piece to that. Like, what yeah. system are you going to use to be sending yeah. out those emails? What's the cadence? How many are going out? Like all of that yeah. stuff. And so through really digging into what her needs truly were, I was able to connect her with an execution expert who could do exactly what it was that she needed. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, so that's the other thing. So do you have like a list of people or a team that backs you? So whenever you're doing this strategy, then you can pick which one's going to be the best fit for those brands. How does that work? Yeah, definitely. I have a referral partner directory. Um, so when I, I do a ton of networking and when I meet people that I really kind of mesh with, I feel like we're similarly aligned, but they have their expertise. Um, I will invite them to fill out a form for me and then they can come into my referral partner directory. So I'm much more organized now. I have an Excel spreadsheet that I could go to and just like do a search. Um, someone just asked me recently, like, you know, do you know anyone who does WordPress websites? Yep. And I can usually give them like three people. And then I let them, you know, because I truly believe that you need to work with people that you you feel connected oh, to. Yeah, for um, sure. I'm not just like a transactional kind yeah. of business owner. So I like to give people options and then have them, you know, do their own research and figure out. And I'm happy to make those introductions for them. Yeah. I've also found you saying that, that you need to like be connected or mesh with that person. I also found it makes a really big difference if those people can get behind your brand. They don't have to drink, like they're not selling your product, but it, you can tell a vast difference in somebody be, being very transactional and just ABC, I knocked that out and I did that. So here's my invoice versus somebody that actually cares and that can yeah. like get behind your brand. And yeah. um, like just in interviewing people, uh, I've noticed a huge difference in the, in the, dif I'll take somebody that has to learn a few skills that can drink my Kool-Aid over somebody that just executes and is like, um, I don't know. It feels very cold. That's like yes. not engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I noticed yeah. the difference too. Yeah. It's interesting. Okay. So what would you say some of the biggest components? Okay. I've, I've got lots of questions, but in <laughs> <laughs> for marketing right now, going into like the economy is kind of weird right now. It's like, whatever, going into 2024, ending 2023, what are a couple of strategies that seem to be the way that we're moving or we're going? Like, what's hot? Like, where are we going from a marketing yeah, standpoint? Yeah, that's, that's a great question and a big one. I think right now what I'm personally focused on and what I'm trying to hammer home with clients too is like a really big focus on outcomes um, because... 
there's, I mean, I feel like every day that goes by, there's more marketing noise out there, right? Like we're inundated with marketing messages everywhere we turn on, you know, on the radio, on the TV, on the billboards, driving down the road, on, you know, opening the weather app and you're getting ads popped in front of your face, your email inbox, right? Like there's so much marketing everywhere. And I think that the more that people, I've always said, the more that you can focus on being of service and meeting your client where they're, your target client, where they're at, understand, fully understanding their challenges and problems where they sit right now and connecting with them on that level, rather than pushing your own agenda. I always say helpful, relevant content that solves problems for your audience is, is the way to go. And that's what you need to be focused on. So I've always preached that. That's a lot of what you know, my core principles and and what I teach my clients is all centered around. And with that, the added layer of with regards to where we're at in the economy and and looking ahead to the future, I think a focus on outcomes that your clients might expect to receive, outcomes that your past clients have received, you know, especially in the service space, like that's really important um, because people are being careful where they're in the where they're investing their money. And so a lot of times I, you know, I, I live on LinkedIn. That's my primary platform. And I see so many people talking about their new offer or what it is that they do. And it's coming from a place of wanting to help people, but they can get so hyper-focused on, you know, let's say, for example, it's a new group program. You get so focused on like, what is that group program? Okay, we're going to meet once a week. You're going to have homework. You're going to, you know, you get so focused in on the details of what that new offer includes. You don't, you're not leading with, here's why it could, here's how it could help you. And here's why you should consider it. And that's really what you need to be leading with when you're trying to get people's attention. Yeah. Um, I'm just taking some notes so we can highlight. Here's how it can help you. And here's, what was the second thing? Well, it's it's helpful, relevant it's content that solves problems for your audience. Yeah. And then basically, the added layer is focusing on the outcomes that people can expect. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a similar of the story brand framework, like yes. going in and solving the problem, meeting them, connecting with their emotions, and then what are they going to get out of it? And how mm-hmm. are they going to feel? Um, and what happens if they don't get your product, right? Yeah. I just find that it's... it's And I'm sure lots of people struggle with this, but when you focus on like, I guess when you focus on what they can get, if you lead with that, that resolves, that solves this issue. But when you're going towards pain, like without conveying negativity, right? Like it's hard to, it's hard to navigate that sometimes because you don't want to sound like you're like dread and gloom, you know? Yeah. Um. I guess if you lead with what they're going to get, that would be great. That's a, yeah, because it's kind of already built in, I guess. There, yeah, I think it's like a two-sided story to be told, right? Like you can lead with the problems people are having, and they might tune in and be like, "Yep, I'm having that exact problem." And then you show them, like, here's how it could be better. Here's here's what the ideal state could look like for you, and helping them envision that. I think is is definitely a an effective yeah. approach. That's awesome. So what are some key tips that you would give for founders? Do you primarily work with companies that have actual physical products or services or like software? Yeah, I stay mainly in the service-based space. Um, I have worked with a few software companies, like software as a service this year um, as well. But yeah, mostly in the service-based space. 
Yeah. Uh, so what are some tips that you would give, say, I'll give you a couple scenarios. So the, say there's a founder and they're doing, they're wearing all the hats, right? Mm-hmm. And they need to just get something going. Like what would be your first two things that you would do that you would suggest for them or that they could do? Yeah. So I really like to bring everything back to my marketing funnel framework because it provides a level of simplicity and clarity to marketing that I think everybody can benefit from, right? Because yeah. as we said, it's it's usually frustrating, overwhelming. It's, I don't know where to start. It's difficult to navigate. So with the marketing funnel framework, it's really just a, an inverted triangle, right? Like you have a funnel, you have the wide part on the top, that's a track. That's how are you getting out in front of people? Typically, I see people doing the most activities at the top of the funnel or getting out in front of people. And then where they usually drop the ball or come up a little short is the next stage down from that, which is convert. And that's converting someone to become a lead for you. It's getting them to fill out a form so that now you have their name and email address. So then you can move to the next part of the funnel down farther, which is nurture. And that's staying in touch with people over time because the first time they hear about you, right, especially in the service-based space, they're probably not going to be ready to, to sign up yet to work with you. So nurturing them through things like social media, email marketing, and then at the bottom of the funnel is closing the deal, m- making the sale when the timing is right. And so I really like to start from a place of that framework for any business owner because if they can spend some time looking at that framework and going through it, I actually have a, a recorded masterclass too. I am happy to send you the link if you want to share that. Yeah, um, we can share that. That'd be great. To 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 your listeners, it's a it's a good place to start. It's like a twenty minute presentation that I take you through my framework, and you can kind of sit and take your own notes and figure out what activities are you doing that fall in the different categories of the funnel. And it's a really eye opening experience to kind of see like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm spending all my time there, and I'm not doing anything here, and that's why people aren't able to move down the funnel and eventually purchase from me. Yeah. Interesting. So during the nurture phase is when you have the biggest opportunity to convert. Would you say? Yeah. So typically, typically the way I talk about it is like attract is getting out in front, right? It's filling, it's getting people into the top of that funnel. Convert is to get them on your email address. I, I always talk about marketing too. A lot of people hear this is like building the know, like, and trust factor, right? So like, once someone knows about you at the top, like, okay, they're kind of in your funnel, but like you want them to like you enough to to give you their name and email address in exchange for something. Right. And then you're able to build that trust by nurturing them with, you know, strategic email campaigns and a steady, consistent social media presence. And, and then, you know, being able to either get on a discovery call or whatever it is, whatever your sales process looks like, then be able to kind of convert them at the end. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh so what at what stage would you recommend um a startup needing a full-time marketing person and what kind of person because i feel like sometimes mm-hmm. founders think they need someone but really they could get consultants and contractors or whatnot and then yeah. which piece of the pie are they going to generalist that can kind of like be a jack of all trades, which is there a a certain component that you think is more important to focus on first when I, you know what I'm talking about of marketing? Yeah, I firmly believe, and obviously this is going to be self-serving because I am a consultant, (laughs) but I 
I firmly believe that hiring consultants to start is the way to go because I've seen, I mean, people share marketing post, you know, job postings with me in case I know of anybody that I could, you know, refer for the job. And a lot of times when I see those postings, I want to like bang my head on a wall because they're expecting someone to be able to do everything under the sun. And as we've already talked about in yeah. this conversation, marketing's huge. And like to find someone who can do all of those things, like, is going to be really difficult. And even if they can do them all, they're not going to be able to do them all the best. Yeah. So I've worked as a fractional CMO for some companies where it's like, okay, I need you to like fill in the gap. We're probably going to hire, but like we need at least a strategy and a plan in the meantime. Um, can you make recommendations for people who could do some of these specific pieces, right? Build a new website or set up some emails or what, write blogs, whatever it is. Um, I think that it makes more sense at the beginning to take that route for a few reasons. One, you can find people who are highly specialized and really good at that, you know, one specific thing. Um, and you're not, you're not kind of stuck with an employee now who like, maybe you're like, oh, I, I thought I needed this, but actually we need you to do this, this and this. And that person's like, well, I can't do it. Yeah, and now you true. have this employee and it's like, okay, well, that's a lot, that's a lot more difficult of a situation to handle than like. You're, you're paying a contractor or consultant, you know, t- on a retainer. It's like, okay, well, yeah, this month, yeah, we're done with you. We're going to move on and and get someone to help us with this other piece instead. Yeah. So I think it's it makes a lot more sense that way, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. So I want to go back to your story for a minute. Yeah. Uh, whenever you had, it sounds like it was an aha moment whenever you took a step back and realized what your specialty or what your strengths were and where you were mm-hmm. going to focus your business. Uh, I think that is fantastic that you're able to do that. I think a lot of people probably need to step back because they tend to just offer that they're trying to offer the moon. Yes. Um, and I also am a believer the more niched you are, the better results you're going to get um, mm-hmm. because you can really target your audience uh, and grow from there. Right. But what was that experience like for you in discovering it? Did it just like a hum moment or did you have some kind of exercise that you went through to say, okay, well, I'm, I'm, da, 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 I'm good at this. I'm not good. I, I don't like this. I like this. Like, yeah. what was your process? <laughs> I absolutely love that you asked this question. So it's exactly what you said, strengths. Like I attended and it was during the pandemic. So everything was virtual. Um, uh, it was, I attended a strengths, uh, fi- it was a woman, a coach presenting on strengths finders assessment, the Clifton uh, strengths yeah. finders. So we were supposed strengths to take- finders. Love yes, it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so we were supposed to take the assessment, which my, uh, my undergrad was in psychology. Like I'm all into those like self-assessments and stuff like that. So we had to take the assessment and then show up to, to the session. And she taught us about, you know, how to leverage your strengths and how our culture is really built on like weakness fixing instead of strengths building. And that's, yeah. that's her, the whole name of the game of her coaching business. And I was like, I was in it. I was like, oh my gosh, she was showing all these things about like, okay, look at the work that you're doing and like these quadrants and where does it fall and like all this stuff. And I was just like, and at the time I also had lost, that was like the same timeline of when I lost most of my clients because of the pandemic. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like, this is why I'm not getting excited about the work that I'm doing. Cause I'm not working in my zone of genius. And so this is my opportunity. Like, let me shift this whole thing and like really 
get down the path of being excited about the clients that I work with. So that's how it started. I ended up going on to do like a group coaching thing with her that I worked with her one-on-one. And then I hired the branding person that I mentioned that helped me kind of, you know, relook at my brand and what I wanted that to be going forward. Um, So yeah, it was definitely a process. Yeah. I love it though. I love it. I think everyone should take strengths finders. Uh, I think it should be... (laughs) Uh, mandatory. I, I, um, learned about, is it Maxim? Max, I forget his name. Anyway, he's got a book. I know I'm going to butcher his name, but, um, he has lots of books, but I learned about it early on in my like twenties, shall we say. And I just have, it's always stuck in my head. And then strengths finders has been, obviously that's grown. And, um, I feel like our school system has it all wrong, honestly, (laughs) like trying to make these kids get A's in every subject when it may not be their strength. But um, I don't know. I I think I think that's great that you did that. Uh, Yeah, it was a a very beneficial exercise to go through for sure. And whenever I meet someone who is I get. I get a handful of people throughout the year who ask me to meet with them because they are working full time and they think they want to start their own consulting business. And one of the first things I tell people is you should go work with a strengths. I always connect them with the coach that I worked with. Um, I'm like, you should go through this process because it will save you time and energy and dollars really to identify your strengths now and build your business on that instead of going into what you think you want your business to look like and then realizing like, oh, this isn't actually what I want it to be kind of thing. So I think that yeah. it's, yeah, it's beneficial for anybody. Yeah. And then that change, then that changed the course of your business, right? Yeah. Of like your strategy. And then obviously you've had success, but was it, what was it like from once you made that decision or once you had that discovery to being in full scope, like where you want to be? Yeah. Another great question. So the I feel like when I launched my new site, went through the branding and I, I was like, okay, this is like the new me. I kind of spent that first year, like I got sales. I was selling like my big, my big package, my full like marketing plan and everything. But I, I was still like very unsure. I'm like, will people pay for just the strategy? Like, I'm not executing any of this. Like, will people actually pay for it? I'm not really sure. And even even though I made some sales, I was still kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Um, and and then it built momentum. And then I think the following year, I added a power hour session where people could get a taste of what it's like to work with me. So we spent one hour going through my framework as it pertains to your business. It gives you a ton of clarity and focus on where you need to to spend your time on your marketing. Um, and that was like another stepping stone. Like, I feel like that helps, you know, just bring more people into my world and and get them, you know, understanding what what it is that I do and how I approach marketing. And then usually half of, at least half of those go on to, to work with me in a bigger capacity. And then the next evolution after that, I added like a middle package. So I had like my big, you know, my small, medium, and big package. And then this year, it's really been been a huge like pivotal year for me and my business. I st- I launched a membership in January because I wanted to be able to serve more small business owners who maybe didn't have the budget to work with me one-on-one, but they were trying to navigate this world of marketing and needed very tangible, specific advice on what to do. So I started a membership in January. Um, and then from that, what I realized was... So with the membership every month, I teach on a, a specific marketing topic. And then two weeks later, we meet for office hour sessions for you to implement, hold yourself accountable, be able to ask questions. 
And through that, I realized, oh my God, I love this office hour session. Like I've never thought about offering like a group format of anything because everyone's marketing plan looks different. I never really thought that I could offer something in a group format. But what I realized was the implementation work is what people really need that support and guidance and feedback on. And so in June, I launched a group implementation support program for anyone who has worked with me one-on-one. So I have an understanding of what you're working on for your marketing. Um, And we meet twice a month on Zoom for those office hour sessions to be able to ask questions and have strategic conversations. And you can submit content to me every week for me to review and give you feedback on. So it really helps you finally get those projects off the back burner and tackle them and start executing and then seeing the results for the work that you're doing. That's awesome. So it sounds like you have several different options for founders, depending on where they're at in their process and what they need and what they prefer, right? Because they're all crazy busy Mm -hmm. um, wearing 500,000 hats. and, um, And I think that's great. I love it. I love it. Um, I, it's one of the biggest things that comes up whenever I talk to founders is they're so busy building the product or the service that they're like, now what? I got to market this and get this out to the world. How do I do that? I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. It's a huge challenge. Yeah. Without spending an enormous amount of money. Right. Like, yeah. At least to get started. Yeah. So do you work with folks all over the U.S. or all over the world? Like, where's your focus geographically? Yeah, I work with people across the country. I haven't worked with anyone. Well, yeah, I I worked with someone in Jamaica for a while. um, So that was fun. fun. And I I really wanted to get there on a business trip. I didn't get there. Um, But yeah, my my focus is really on the U.S. I I have a lot more local clients this year for some reason. I don't know. It's just kind of happened. But yeah, I work with people across the country. Um. And one thing I'll say too, kind of going back to the last little bit that we talked about is one thing I've really found with the business owners I work with is that they value that I am one of them. Like I'm not to your point about like spending huge amounts of dollars on like these huge ad campaigns and big marketing projects and kinds of things. It's like when you go to work with an agency, yeah, it's going to cost a lot and they're going to tell you you need to do everything under the sun because that's their that's where mm-hmm. their interest is, right? Is to be able to run the ads and do the social media and rebuild your website and do, you know, like they're going to tell you all of the things because they want to be able to buy, provide more services. I don't have that because I'm a consultant. Like it's not, it, it does me no good or harm by telling you you need to do one things, one thing or you need to do five things. Um, I, I have no vested interest in, you know, trying to get you to do more stuff. I want you to right. do what you need to, to effectively market your business. And that's, that's something I've been hearing lately that I just, I never really thought about is business owners value the fact that I am one of them and I have marketed my own business. So I know what it's like to, to be the founder and wear all the hats and do all the things and to be able to try and carve out the time for your marketing or figure out where do you need to hire someone to offload and and those sorts of things. I, I know it cause I live it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of that, I've had two founders, uh, I feel like just within the last couple of months, uh, they went out and um, one of like, the first things they did was hire social media agencies. Mm-hmm. And they both, hands down, said it was th- one of the biggest mistakes they'd ever made because they spent an enormous amount of money and they hadn't even built their, they hadn't even started like, the funnel process, whether it be up here or down here, they hadn't started yeah. any of that, right? And so they were just 
thinking that this was going to be the magic pill and it wasn't and they spent an enormous amount of money and it didn't really get them anywhere so they yep. hence started on their own and kind of had to like regroup and start from scratch but uh, yeah i i think agencies are fantastic if you're to that level but yes financially it's not necessary to get started yes i completely agree Yeah. And I hear that story so many times where business owners go out and hire someone to specifically do one thing. And they think it's like you said, it's going to be the magic pill. It's going to solve all the problems. And then when it doesn't, they spend a whole bunch of money and they're still back where they started and they're feeling even more defeated, which which honestly sucks. Like, I hate that for business owners. It it makes me really sad when I hear that people have spent thousands or tens of thousands of dollars and not gotten anything for it. It makes it makes me like want to help them even that much more because to show, like to show them painful. work you yeah. just need to do it the right way yeah yeah that's awesome so where can people find you like how's the yes. best what's the best way to like if these founders are interested in your services or getting part of the membership or whatever the case may be where should they go yeah Yeah. So people can definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. Let me know you heard about me on this podcast. That would be great. You can also check out my website, christymitchell.com. There's a resources tab. There's tons of free resources in there. You can take a quiz to kind of see how your marketing's going. Uh, There's a free resource library that's got a bunch of like LinkedIn tips and tutorials in there. And I have a free social media guide and template. You can get on my newsletter. All that good stuff. All the, you can all also learn about my um, my membership as well on my website. Yay. Awesome. Cool. So what would be one last thing that you would, one piece of advice that you would give founders or business owners? Um, what's your one like big tip that you could give them? You have to be patient. As hard <laughs> as it is. That's no fun, Christy. We don't want it's to be not patient. Fun. And trust me, this is coming from a person who does not consider herself to be patient at all. Um, but I can't tell you how many times I work with business owners where they're like, I don't know, I've been posting on LinkedIn and I just haven't gotten the results. Or I used to send emails out, you know, email campaigns, but I never got anything from them. It's like, you need the strategy. Like if it's not working, obviously there's something that's not working about it. So you need like a strategic viewpoint on it as to how to make it better. But there is a level when when we talk about organic marketing, which is how I refer to the marketing that I do. I don't I don't tell people just go spend money on ads. I'm looking at like the the core foundation. Like what's your website look like? Where can people convert on your website? You know, how how are you nurturing people through email marketing and social media? Like looking at all of those pieces, that's what I call like the organic foundation. You have to have all of that in place and then you have to have patience and confidence knowing that if you keep executing on a consistent basis, the results will come. Um, so yeah, I think, I think patience is the big thing. Again, there's no consistency to hell. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Just cause you turn the website on doesn't mean you're going to have flocks of people coming to it. Right. Yeah. You got <laughs> to put in the work. Yes. Unfortunately. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it's been fantastic having you on the show and um, hopefully uh, some founders got some good tidbits. Um, I, I'm i going to like summarize some of your key points and add them to um, the social media and the post so people can awesome. pull those out. And we'll put your video um, on there and your website so everyone can connect with you and reach out for your help. 
And um, I think it's fantastic what you're doing. It's very well needed. Uh, whenever you're questioning, do people need strategy? Heck yeah, they do. Because uh, some of us, that's not our specialty. So we don't even know where to start. It's overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Taking the uh, overwhelming out. And the fact that you have all these people that you can connect with, like that's the second step of overwhelming is trying to figure out who does what and who can help. So um, that's fantastic. I love what you're doing and keep up the great work. I love it. Thanks so much, Brooke. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. You have a great day. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, subscribe to our channel, The Wild Feather. If you want to learn more about our guests or their products and companies, you can visit our website at thewildfeatherpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter to receive info on our upcoming episodes. Follow us on social media to get the latest deets. We're on all of them, so pick your favorite and follow us. And if you're a founder and need funding or accelerator info or business resources, you can go to our website, thewildfeatherpodcast.com and find some valuable information and resources there. No matter if you're a founder, your investor, or what your path is, just remember you were born with wings. <laughs> <laughs>